Saints of God, this is the word of the Lord. Give it your full attention. I'll begin in verse 20. And through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in, in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. This afternoon, saints, we will consider the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If there's anything that we need to be reminded of, there's anything that we need to rehearse. Because a lot of times we think reminders are things that, not that that you do it, but we think that we can tune it out because we already know it. But when it comes to theology, when it comes to the gospel, we need to continually rehearse what these truths are so that they are just deeply rooted within our souls. So this afternoon, we will consider the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is the very center of the gospel? What is the very center of the life, death, and resurrection? What is the reason why the eternal Son became man? At the very heart and core of the message that we preach, the message that you believe is simply this, that we were separated from God, and because of Christ, we are now reconciled to God. That is the message that we present to unbelievers That is the message that we believe in, that we once were separated and now we are reconciled to God. We will do this saying to just two points. Uh, Number one, our alienation. And number two, our reconciliation. Saints of God, if you ever went, been in a history class, uh, you'll notice that in your history class, you'll learn many things about America, about the history of America, uh, about the history of the world. But what you don't hear in your history class is the dark past of mankind. What you won't hear in your history class is how dark of a past, not just America, but mankind, civilization has. Saints of God, all of us have a very dark past. We all have a very dark past. In St. Paul, in verse 21, he describes for us how dark our past really was. He does this in three ways. He says, first, we have a sinful status. Second, he says, we have a sinful character. And third, he says, we have sinful deeds. Let's consider the first, our sinful status. Verse 21, St. Paul says, And although you were previously alienated, or you were formally alienated, it is said when a baby is in her, um, his or her uh, mother's womb, that there is a, a closeness that the baby has with the mother that nobody can experience other than the baby and the mother. I'm sure many of you mothers can testify to this, that no one outside of the baby and the mother understands this close bond that's developing as it develops, the baby develops. The close bond between a mother and her unborn child in her womb is certainly a beautiful thing, is it not? But saints of God, this special bond between a mother and a child could not be said between us and God. Psalm 51.5 says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. The close bond that we all shared with our mothers while in her womb is quite the opposite of the close bond that we shared with God 
while we were in our mother's womb. Yes, we were close with our mother, but we were not close to God. Although it is God who is the who is the principal cause of us being in the womb of our mother. We were not close to God. While in our mother's womb, it's ironic, is it not? While in our mother's womb, as we as as young ones are feeling this closeness and this bond to this woman who is carrying us. We were separated from God. We were separated from God. As close as we felt with to our mothers, we were separated from God. And saints, as we glow, grew in maturity, as we developed close relationships with family members, as we met friends and they became our best friends, and we, we, we created these close relationships with others, the sad reality is that although we have all these close relationships with one another, we are still at an infinite distance from God. That although many people have come in our lives and we have become close to them, even in spite of that, even as happy as we were in those relationships, and maybe still are, we still were at an infinite distance from God. We were separated from God. The Bible is clear on this point. Isaiah 53, 6, we all like sheep have gone astray. We all have turned everyone to his own way. Isaiah 59, 2, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that, so that he does not hear. Ephesians 2, 2, remember that you were at one time separated from Christ. Alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. In other words, God brings you in the world. But you do not have God as your father. God brings you into existence. However, however, you are without God. If there is anything that the word of God is clear on congregation. It is that mankind is separated from God. This is the dark past of mankind. Yes, we tend to look at all of the various figures in mankind, say Hitler, Stalin, whoever, and say, look how dark mankind is. But saints of God, we need to look at the garden. We need to look at what what darkness man brought upon mankind. Much darker than what Hitler did. Much darker than what Stalin did. Adam forfeited perfect communion with God. If there's anything that the word is clear on, saints, is that we are separated from God. And saints of God, we aren't to liken this separation to God with our relationship with our husbands and wives. Meaning, prior to meeting our husbands and wives, before we met them, well, we didn't have a close relationship with them. Some of us may have knew our husband and wife, but saints, there once was a time when you did not know your husband and wife. There once was a time when you did not have a close bond with them. But saints, this cannot be said with our relationship with God. Sure, without faith in Christ, we are separated from God. But congregation, you have to understand that when we speak of our separation from God, we must understand this. And this is where, this is where the darkness of mankind history comes from. Is that we once, we, we, we weren't always separated from God. That's the misery of, of, of the fall. 
is that although there wasn't a close bond between you and your wife before you met your wife and your, and your husband, there was a close bond between us and God. There was a close bond. How do I say that? Think of Adam's relationship in the garden. Adam had a close bond, had a close relationship with God, did he not? And what does he do? He separates himself and he separates us from God. So when we think of our separation from God, what, what makes what makes it, saints, so dark is that it did not start out that way. You might have think of your friends, you may have, you say to yourself, man, it seems like I've had this friend forever and we've been best friends forever and suddenly we no longer talk. And you ask yourself, man, how can things go from being so good to now being so bad? Saints of God, that is the relationship, the status that we have in Adam. That Adam and Eve had a close relationship with God. That humanity had a bond with God that was even closer than a baby in the mother's womb. But we know, congregation, that Adam forfeited that. Adam forfeited that relationship with God that we once called good. And the more we sin, congregation, the more, the, the farther of distance we became from God. We grew from God. And here St. Paul reminds us that at one time, hear me now, saints, at one time you were strangers. At one time, he says, you were alienated. You were an alien. The kingdom of God did not know you. That is our status before God outside of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, young person, if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, old person, middle-aged person, if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, this is your status right now. Young person today, this is your status before God. If you do not believe in Christ, that you are separated from God. You might be close to mommy. You might be close to daddy. You might be close to your siblings. But you are not close to God. That is why we must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one that brings together these two that are at an infinite distance from one another. Next, Paul tells us that we have a sinful character. Sin not only affected our status, our relationship with God, but also affected who we are. We see this in St. Paul's words in verse 21. He says, we're hostile in mind. We are hostile in mind, meaning saints, our minds, our wills, our affections, all are spoiled by sin. When Adam sinned, at the very core of who we are, we were tainted. At the very core of who we are, that creation that God once called good is now tainted by sin. And how do we see this, saints? Where, 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 where is sin first and foremost located? Where does sin first and foremost affect us? It affects us in the highest part of who we are. That is our minds. Our minds. Ephesians 4.18, they were darkened in an understanding, alienated from the life of God because of ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Romans 1.21, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. And they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Notice, saints. Notice, the darkened mind leads to a darkened heart. Here we see that because of Adam's sin, we all have a darkened mind. Although by nature we can know that there is a God, man can still reason that there is a God, even in light of his darkened mind. 
But because of our mind, saints, because we are hostile to God, we will never accept that there is a God. Sure, man can man can reason via nature that there is a God, but because the mind is hostile to God, man will not accept that there is a God. Romans 1.21, for although they knew him, they did not honor him as God or give him thanks. We see this, saints, in society today. Oh, do we not see this in society today in the billboards that are up and the things that are on television, on the ads that are shown, on the magazines that are displayed, on the movies that are that are out. Because of our darkened minds, people do not have the ability to think heavenly thoughts. Because of the darkened mind, people don't have the ability to think heavenly thoughts. Because our minds are darkened, people don't think upward. People think downward. People don't think for the glory of God. They think for the glory of man. Which is what? The glory of sin. People think downward. People have Satan's thoughts. St. Paul speaks of this in Ephesians chapter 4. Now I, this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as Gentiles do. In the futility of their minds. Notice saying the darkened mind leads to what? Darkened steps. Darkened things. Darkened deeds. They are darkened in their understanding. Alienated from, their, from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to the hardness of their hearts, they have become callous. They have given themselves over to sensuality, greedy, and to practice every kind of impurity. In other words, congregation, if you have a darkened mind, best believe you have darkened thoughts. You have darkened deeds. If you have a darkened mind, your steps are dark as well. This is what we see in society, is it not? The darkened mind does not love the light. St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, a natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. For they are folly to him. And he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The darkened mind cannot understand saints, what you understand now. The darkened mind cannot nod your head by you accepting the truth of the minister. In congregation, what St. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.14, how that we... Without the Spirit of God cannot understand the things of God. Was that not true before we were given the gift of faith? Was not was that not true of you, congregation? Was that not true of you before Christ given you saving faith? Before saving faith, saints, how many of you heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? How many how many how many grandmothers, how many grandfathers, how many mothers, how many fathers, how many preachers did you hear? And them tell you of the goodness of Jesus Christ. Of them, of them telling you that if you're thirsty, I know where water's at. If you're hungry, I know where food is at. I can point you to everlasting, I can point you to everlasting joy and peace. And thanks of God, how many of us refuse to accept the gospel of Christ? How many of us saints knew, rather, we knew that there is a God. But when the preacher told us to repent of your sins, to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, how many of us, how many of us did not accept that truth? It's ironic, saints, that before we were given saving faith, how many of, how many lies did you believe from the world over against the one truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Isn't that ironic? That the world fed us every single lie and we fed into it. We believed it as if it is gospel. 
And then when the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ comes, what do we say? We reject it. And even in our present day congregation, even in our present day, we still see today how dark the mind truly is. And saints of God, when I say how dark the mind truly is, don't go to Hitler. Don't go to all the various dictators in the world that have killed uh, millions of people. Saints of God, look at our social apps. Look at the movies that are being put out. Look at the magazines and what's on the magazines. Look at the goodness of God's creation. That man and women, when they come together under the context of marriage, they produce a beautiful thing, which is a child. But what happens now? Man takes the goodness of what man and woman were created for. And now movies are being made. For men to and women to fall into deeper lust of their own sin. They take the goodness of, of marital relations and say, let's put that on a screen. Let's put it on a screen for everyone to see. The goodness of God's creation, saints. The goodness of God's creation, which is a child. And what is what does the darkened mind say? No. That is that one at conception is not a child. We need to kill the child. We need to uphold women's rights. Man is always trying to distort the goodness of God's creation. That's the darkened mind, saints. That's the corrupted mind that we are still facing till this day. Till this day. And saints of God is not just a darkened mind, but also it's darkened wills. It's darkened affections. Love is a beautiful thing. But what happens now? What are people saying now? Love is love. Love is a good thing. It's a good passion to have. But now it's being said that love is love. It's a good thing to desire. It's a good thing to have an inclination, which is your will. But what what is the world saying now? Do what you want. Our inclinations, our desires are disordered. And Adam... In our sinful state, we want things we shouldn't want. And we love things we ought not to love. This is why, saints, it's, it's so important that Pastor Antonio reminds us of this great enemy that is constantly trying to steal joy from us. Everlasting joy. This, this great, this great Seducer that is constantly trying to seduce us to to enjoy a lesser good, to give up a greater good for a lesser good. And saints of God, let me tell you, the harlot, Satan, sin, improperly speaking, does not love you. Does not love you. If there is any sin, saints, that you are going through right now, that you are stuck in, let me tell you this right now. You know how you kill sin other than looking to Christ, reminding yourself that this sin does not love me. It does not love me. It actually wants me to forfeit a love that is pure, that is faithful, that is true. And saints of God, Paul brings us out in the end of verse 21. He says, 
After he said that we are hostile in mind, he says, engage in evil deeds. What flows from a hostile mind is evil deeds. That is not to say that in our sinful condition we can't do any good. However, those good deeds were only good from a human perspective. They're only good from a human perspective. Those good deeds cannot and will not and will never be good in the eyes of God. They are not spiritually good. So what St. Paul teaches us congregation is that before God granted us saving faith, simply put, we were sinners from head to foot. We were sinners from head to foot. Our minds, our wills, our deeds were evil. And to make matters worse, we were separated from God. Saints of God, let us never have spiritual amnesia to this. Let us never forget, saints. You know, I love to watch. I don't love to, but when it's on, I'll watch it. They, you know, they, they do these documentaries of these sports teams. And the bulk of the documentary is usually catered to what the team went through. Before they got the championship. What the team and the adversities and, and they, they are, they are, they are, they are reminding themselves of all the hardships. Thanks to God, the Bible frequently reminds us, frequently reminds us of our sinful state. It reminds us, saints, it brings us low frequently to remind us of who we are before God saved us. Saints of God, as we leave verse 21, we should feel a feeling of shame. Verse 21, when we read that we were alienated from God, hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, saints of God, we should be ashamed. We should be ashamed of that. Oh, and there's, I've heard it before from many Christians that when they talk about what they used to do, they, they tend to, they, there's a little chuckle at what they did. Man, do you remember when we used to, blah, 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 blah. There's a little, a little smirk on their face. Saints of God, we should never, ever, ever be comfortable <laughs> with our past life. We should never be comfortable with what we used to do and the things we used to engage in. Those things shame us. They weren't for our good. And if there's any time we think of it, saints, it's to remind us of the goodness of God. Saints of God, as we leave verse 21... We should feel like there was a dark cloud hanging over our heads. Paul has brought us so low, such to a dark place, such to a dark corner. But as we come to verse 22, we see that light breaks through the darkness. Verse 22, yet, yet he has now reconciled you in his body of flesh. Oh, amen to that, saints of God. This this word yet those are those type of words that the Bible, that God communicates to us that we should underline, we should highlight. As soon as we meet, read yet, we should stop and praise the Lord. But this word yet is to, be, is to be viewed as one of those great but God sayings in the Bible. This is one of those great but God sayings in the Bible. And saints, we ought to rejoice Hear me now, we ought to rejoice when we hear words like this. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his love for us, toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. And you were dead in your offenses and sins, 
in which you previously walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, among them too all previously lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just like the rest. Brings us so low, does it not? And then what happens? Verse 4. But God, in light of how, in light of how, in light of the misery of state you are in, but God, in light of you being separated from God, no, but God, in light of you being a sinner on the road, on the way to hell, but God, and not but God, after God has seen you be a good person, no, but God, while you're in your sinful state, but God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings. While you were a corpse, while you were separated, when you didn't know what God was doing, God was showing his love for us, and he made us alive together with Christ. Wait a minute. While we were dead, he makes us alive in Jesus Christ. The word of God frequently, frequently tells us of our former state. Frequently says, hey, let me remind you how bad you used to be. But also let me remind you in light of how bad you used to be. As as great as your sin was, was grace is even greater. As, as, as big as your sin was, there is, there, is, there is even a bigger Savior that was sent. Brings us slow, so, so low, does it not, congregation? When you read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 uh, uh, through 3, it tells us how bad we were. Brings us so low that, that we could smell the stench of hell. That we could feel the flames, can we not? And then it gives us a ray of light. But God, but God, or here in our text, St. Paul has vividly described how sinful and how distant we are from God and what comes after yet, yet he has reconciled you. Oh, I'm reminded of Zechariah, the high priest that is staying, stands before God. Satan's right there, ready to accuse him, Right. Satan knows that this is a, this is a trial that he will win. And what is, what does God tell Satan? Satan, I rebuke you. And here, St. Paul says, but yet. But yet. Yet. Congregation, there's so much theology that we can unravel, untangle, but saints of God, it all sums up to this. And God is so good, is he not? I mean, how good is God? How good is God? He's good enough to say that in light of whatever sin you've committed, in light of the great sin that you committed against me in the garden, I will forgive you. And I will send my son and I will reconcile you to me. While we were a dead corpse, he reconciles us to a son. And saints of God, notice the word he says next. Or after. He says now. He says now. Another word. Another word you are to underline, highlight. Another word if you so chose to tattoo on yourself. Another word, saints, that we should 
glorify God in light of now. Let me, let, me, let me break it down for you. In other words, this, saints. You don't need to know in the very end if Jesus did enough. You, you, you don't need to be like the Muslim who follows Allah all the days of his life only to be unsure if he will enter paradise. You can know now, right now, And this is the gospel that we present to people. This is one of the beauties of the gospel. That unbeliever, let me tell you right now, that if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not believing in a savior of maybe. You're not believing the unsurety of, of Jesus Christ, meaning that, hey, if you believe in him, maybe it will work out in the end. Maybe God will accept Christ, and he accepts Christ, he will accept you. No, no, that's not what we're saying. That's not the gospel that we present. Saints of God, what we present, what we believe, is not a gospel of unsurety. It's not a gospel of insurety. Unsurety. It's not a gospel of maybe in the end you'll make it to heaven. Maybe in the end God will accept you, but rather, saints of God, we present the world... We present to unbelievers. We believe in the Christ of Hebrews 10, that every high priest stands daily ministering and offering time and t- after time the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this is, this is what we believe in. But he, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God. We believe in the, in the one that was on Calvary's cross while he's being slaughtered, while he's bleeding out, says what? It is finished. We believe in the one that rose from the dead on the third day, that ascended to the right hand of the Father, that is and will come back one day. We do not believe, saints, in a gospel that we are not sure of. But we believe in the surety, in our surety, Jesus Christ. Saints of God, is this not great comfort for us? Wouldn't it be so, so, so horrible if at the end all of this wasn't true? Young people, let me tell you this right now. Whatever you learn throughout your years in college, school, whatever your friends tell you, it might be true. Some things might be true. Some things might be a lie. But this preacher right now, today, is telling you right now that there is one thing for certain. That when Jesus died, he paid it all. When Jesus died, he paid it all. There wasn't no stone left unturned. We present and we believe the message of reconciliation, which can be yours now. (laughs) Right now. Right now. Yes, right now. Right now in this in this parking lot. Yes, right now. You, You don't need to be in the church. Right now in, in this bathroom, yes, right now. Wait, wait, right now I can know that I have, I have, I have uh, salvation in one who has done it all for me. I can know right now that I'm, I have peace with God. Yes, right now. And that's the gospel that we present. That's the gospel, saints, that we believe in. That's the, that's the virtual hope that's been given to us. And again, saints, this is great comfort for us. How is reconciliation brought about, though? St. Paul says, in his body of flesh through death. 
We spoke of this last week. St. Paul says in verse 20, And through him to reconcile all things to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Saints of God, what brings us reconciliation? What brings us, saints? What, what undoes separation? It is the eternal Son of God made man for us. It is his blood. In other words, you could say it like this, that in order for us to be unseparated from God, the eternal Son was made man in order for him to be separated, not from God, but body and soul. He was separated, not from God, but with his body and soul so that we can be reunited. Saints of God, let us never get tired of hearing what Christ has done for us on the cross. St. Paul says it time and time again, does he not? I desire to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. If there's nothing, saints, that you can know in this life, study the cross. Study every single thing on the cross. Study the one that was on the cross, why he died on the cross. Let us never be in, not in awe of what Christ did. Never let, it, never, never let us never be not in awe of the highest expression of love that one has ever shown to us. And it was shown to us on Calvary's cross. You want to know what love looks like? You point them to Jesus Christ on the cross. Oh, young people, there will be times in your life when you think that the one who you meet and what they do for you is the highest expression of love. You think that your love for them is the highest that one could ever have. Oh, young person, hear me now. What Jesus Christ did for humanity. What Jesus Christ did for sinners. That he doesn't just come and live. Although that was hard enough. He comes and dies. I think it's safe to say that no one in our lifetime will ever die for us. Other than Jesus Christ. I think it's safe to say that the one whom we love most dearly will, will never die for us. Although they may, although they say they will, Jesus says, and he did. Saints of God, this is what keeps the harlot away. This is what keeps that seducer away from us. This is the great ammunition for us. This is that constant rock that we can, and that constant joy that we can continue to look at, that Jesus Christ loved me, as St. Paul says, and he gave himself for me. What did it take for us to have peace? It took for the Son of God to die in the flesh. And for what purpose? What purpose? We will close now, but what purpose, saints? Yes, to reconcile us, but also to make us new. Also to make us new. We will consider this one verse next week, or in two weeks. The ending of verse 22 says this. 
in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. Oh, isn't that something that we need to hear, saints? That God comes to you as you are. But you're not going to walk with him as you are. Maybe we don't say this enough. Yes, God comes to homosexuals. God comes to transgender people. Yes, God comes to the prostitute. Yes, God comes to the gang member. Yes, God comes to those as they are. But they will not die as they are. They will not continue to remain as they are. And saints of God, here's the great joy for us. Is that all who you used to be, slowly, 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 is dying. All who you used to be is slowly fading away. All who you used to be saying is slowly saying goodbye. We will consider this next, next uh, in two Sundays. The saints of God, here's the great comfort from these two verses. Here's the great comfort, and I leave you with this. That what Paul said in verse 21 and although you were previously alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, here's the great, here's the great comfort. What was said in verse 21 is not true of you anymore. What was said of you in verse 21 is not true of you anymore. And do not believe, Christian, that it is true of you anymore. What is true of us? What is true of us then? I close with St. Paul's words in Romans 8.1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's pray.